Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys at a Mic Show on the TalkZone.com. Got a beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. Plenty of sports to talk about. We start previewing the uh, football weekend coming upon us here. A little college basketball as well. Some news and notes, titillating tidbits off the sports page. Big Dong will respond to a multitude of criticisms on his Kim Jong-il regime uh, analysis. Yesterday we got some angry emails coming from all over the country via the Internet. Of course, our show emanating out to seven different continents and apparently a pocket North Korea not very happy with the big dog, Joe Ramonsky. The coach of the dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. Phone lines are open. Dial it up at 888-463-6748. Other side of the glass. Ola, producer extraordinaire, David Olson, a little bit of music, and then we kick this puppy off. Thank you very much. Still waiting for the result, by the way, David Olson, if you can get it for me for the poinsettia bowl yesterday. I know people anxiously awaiting my uh, newspaper. I did not watch the game on television. My newspaper had it down to a 31-24 TCU leading. Four minutes left in the game. we got to get a final result on that. They were taking on Louisiana Tech. Tonight is the uh, Las Vegas Bowl with Boise State. Boy, talk about a team that flew under the radar. Talk a little college football. What happened in the... uh, Qualcomm Stadium and the dreaded poinsettia bowl yesterday, David. TCU won 31-24. So they hung on to win it. There it is. For all the people that were anxiously awaiting the result of the poinsettia bowl, that's what we're here for. To inform, if not educate. Well, at least one out of the two is not bad. But the Las Vegas Bowl is, uh, today as the bowl season is off and running. And, of course, uh, goes all the way to, I don't know, something like January 8th, January 9th. I'm very depressed. My Northern Illinois Husky team which I think plays January 7th or 8th. They're like the second-to-last bowl game, and two of their star players suspended for the game. What happened, Coach? Two of their star players, including a guy from the high school that uh, you know that I go to. I don't want to you know bring out the guy's name. He's a, he's a potential NFL prospect, also Sean Progar. But Uh-oh. apparently uh, Mr. Progar and another player, after they clinched the MAC championship, Big Dog, uh-huh. little celebration in the collegiate university um College town, if you will, and then made the mistake of driving home and got a DUI not good. They are suspended for Northern Illinois' bowl game. Very upset about that, and you're a man who's had experience there. Uh, you know, big shot football player like that. Go out and party a little bit. Not a problem at all. Don't drive home. Let somebody else drive for you. Uh, I, I had a, I had a phenomenal college football coach, a uh, guy by the name of Mike Hensley. Phenomenal coach. He was the running backs coach at Ohio State. Underneath Woody Hayes, coach. That's big time. That's awesome. That was our, that was my college football coach. He used a lot of Woody Woody Hayesisms. I don't know if this was a Woody Hayesism, but after every time we had a huge win, he didn't say that for all the wins. But when we just like beat somebody huge and we just like were playing for the conference next week, you would say this: Don't go out and do something stupid and spoil it tonight, boys. That's the fun. And then just leave. Just that was, and we knew what he meant. We knew exactly what he meant. Don't get arrested. In our freshman year, we had thirteen arrests during football season. We had nothing, but we had a bunch of gangsters and thugs and stuff. I, I felt bad for that man. 
And then after that, he cleaned out all that garbage out of the, out of the out of the program, and then eventually it was all good. But yeah, why spoil a good thing? And trust me, I love the fact that the coach suspended the kid in the passenger seat too, not just the driver. Because you know what, he's just at fault too. He could you're easily talking about the other guy. in the Northern Illinois situation. You're talking yeah, about, yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just a shame, you know. Again, you know, all of us. Uh, who are we to criticize here at the age of fifty-five? We remember our many silly indiscretions at the age of nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, which these college kids are. But it's such a shame, big dog, when 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 kids, you know, work their entire careers, and, and I do mean work. Uh, hopefully, they're attending class a little bit. But you play Division One college football right now, and you know it's nine, ten months out of the year. You're in the weight room, the conditioning. It's unbelievable amount of time and energy and passion that you put into the particular activity and here in your senior year the culmination of it all your final game you got to sit out and have this black mark against it it's you know for one stupid move it's it's really a shame that not going to ruin a career hopefully the kid can look back on it but but you do have a black mark at the very end yeah, but you got to pull the trigger you actually have to hold your, your student athletes accountable you oh, can't I'm, I'm not saying the decision was wrong i'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. it's it's a shame that the kid did that, and now that his has to happen again after all he put in for four years. And don't forget the the, the other teammates that are counting on those guys to be out there and help them win oh, a yeah. football game. That's part of the embarrassment, letting down your yeah. teammates, no question about it. Now, at McMurray College, you basically had a uh, driver. What was the guy's name, Rufus, that used to take you around? Uh, Coach, you, you say that it's funny. Is the, the guy that is now like the, the lead editor of about, like, 27 different newspapers across the Midwest. Wow. My best friend, Ron Fields, he was my personal driver. And the Z28 Camaro, I was awesome. Oh, my goodness. That was, it was fun to have. Uh, and it was mm-hmm. one of those things where, you know, like, your whole, oh, let me drive. Everybody's arguing, oh, let me know. Oh, it's your turn to drive tonight. So it was always Ron Fields driving every single night. It was a thing of wonder. So. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this, and uh, David Olson, a uh, producer extraordinaire, maybe can weigh in on this, too. The drinking age in most states is 21. Now, we know college... All states. All states. All states, yeah. Has been for a while. Thank you very much. All states. All state. Good hands insurance. Um, It was still 19 in Wisconsin when I was 19. Oh, I remember. Back in our day, it was definitely different. No question about it. But that's that's not... You're the same age. Did Wisconsin change when we were... No, no. It was before our time. It was before... It was just before our time. It was a couple years. Well, Wisconsin, I think you... I remember drinking in Wisconsin at like the age of 19 at a fish fry. I think Wisconsin, you can drink as of your bar mitzvah. I think it's like 13. <laughs> no, no, Wisconsin for for a very long time was 19. I think it changed. It, it was like right around 1985 or something like that. We just we just missed it. Yeah. And All by right. the way, there were there were seven bar mitzvahs in Wisconsin last decade. <laughs> very popular spot for bar mitzvahs, huh? Yes, it is. Woo, you know, you can go to Laser Zone or you can go to Joe's Bar and Grill just across the border. You make the call. <laughs> uh, now, here's my question, though, Big Dog. Here's my question. Uh, college football coaches, college foot, uh, basketball coaches, uh, how much, and again, the drinking age is 21. We know college kids, non-athletes, you know, they find a way. They go out and drink. The bars are pretty loose. How strict are the Division One college coaches on telling these kids, Absolutely, you know, do not drink. You're breaking the law. We can get in trouble. Or is it more? They kind of leave it on their own, but just don't don't do anything stupid like Woody Hayes said. These guys take it so seriously. They take it so seriously. And I know they did it at my college. That on Friday night before, they go through all the bars and they make sure none of the players are out drinking. They they check in the dorms. 
But every other night of the week, they could care less as long as those kids don't play hungover. I hate to tell you. Okay. So it's so you're... So, so, they have so much time on their hands, and I'm sure they say it to them, but what could they really do? It's the same thing like they tell okay. them, don't take money. Look, I mean, can they be with these kids all the time? Hey, and if you tell a kid, don't take, don't drink. Ooh, that's another thing. But trust me, they care if you're drinking on Friday night. <laughs> I okay. legitimately, I every single game day suspension that I can think of in the history of college football, because every time it would happen to me, the hey, Fairbanks can't play today. Well, was that drinking last night? Yep. Drunk? Why can't he not drink for one night? You know, that's the, we, that's the first thing we think. So every time I hear, oh, it's a. It's an undisclosed uh, game day suspension. Oh, he was out drinking last night. Every time, that's the first thing I think of. Is there a Division One rule that says if you're caught drinking, and again, technically, technically, it's it's against the law to drink if you're under 21 with so, most. So using the Division One thing, it's NCAA. You have to sign a thing that says as soon as you become a member of a, a student athlete at a, a mm-hmm. National Collegiate Athletic Association, you sign a waiver that says you will not do drugs and you will not drink. Interesting. Don't forget. Forget so, Division One. Don't forget it's the NCAA. They're the ones who make the rules. They don't say, "Hey, this is Division One rule." Everybody else, we don't care about you. David so. Olson. Uh... Yes, David. Oh no, I just have some uh, clarification on Wisconsin. Oh, we're back to Wisconsin. Again. Oh okay. yeah, we. I never left Wisconsin. So. <laughs> um, I think it has something to do with a girl named Bertha. But go ahead. The legal drinking age is 21 in Wisconsin as of September 1st, 1986. It went from 19 to 21. Wow. However, if you are with a parent, guardian, or spouse who is of legal drinking age, they can buy and give you liquor ah. in drinking wow. establishments. That's a Wisconsin state rule only. Yes. Interesting. Maybe that made sense at that fresh, fresh fish fry because I'm not kidding. I was with family. Yeah. Yep, yep. They, like could, they, could, they could buy you and legally yeah. give you liquor. Big dog, yeah, it always, always pays to read the fine print. Okay, I remember just drinking pitcher after pitcher. I think I probably ate 800 different species of fish that day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was all how ma- how many of those species were actually, like, cooked at the time? Well, they were. It was probably just the colors I was seeing at the age of 19 wow. drinking like that. So Interesting. All right, so, so technically, technically, if you see a football player out, you know, on a Wednesday night and he's having a beer, technically... That's that's a cause for suspension. And I say technically because I'm sure there's tons of them that do. I'm well, assuming, and, and you rarely hear of a player being suspended because they got caught having a, a couple of beers at the local on a Wednesday night. I wish I could remember the actual name of the thing that we all sign when we become student athletes in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Because every time I hear like these talking heads on the television talk about it, I'm like, well, we all it's a hip, they're being hypocrites. We all sign that we're not going to do it, so it's not just like a team thing. It's a whole. You know, if you can't decide to give up smoking weed during football season, you shouldn't play football. Was it, was it a morality pledge? Is that that might be it? Is the yeah. pledge sounds right, Coach? I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's, David might be right. That's called a morality pledge or something like that. How hard but it was? Pledge, how hard was it for you to your hand had to truly be shaking, Big Dog, as you signed a morality pledge? That had to be a tough one. Well, when I signed it in high school, I upheld to the last second. See, I can't even. You, I was the guy going. I'd never told the coach once. I was the guy in the party grabbing kids by the neck and throwing them on the ground and telling me, if you cost me a football game, I will kill you. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was I was that dude. And at least you're going to tell the coach that I mean, show up for next day for practice, all of a sudden the kids sweat, and I look at him, all of a sudden he's the hardest-working kid on the field. So, you know, it's uh, I really think it's up to your teammates and not – if you want to win, you make sure your teammates stay out of the bars on Friday night until 4 in the morning when you play at 11 a.m. It wasn't so much Friday night I was inquiring about, because I, I would assume I, most I, of them do that. But... What I'm curious about is the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday casual drink. But anyhow, 
Just a thought. Well, in high school, we cared. In college, I was like, you're a grown man. Just don't do anything stupid. Honestly, we didn't care. Unless it was Friday night. All right, so we're going with the Woody Hayes theory. Just don't do not do anything stupid. you got your teammates to protect and support. Yes. And we can do it the Penn State way. You know, you end up manslaughter with a DUI, get swept under the table, and then Penn, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Pond makes you run stairs for a week. And you learn your lesson, kid. Okay, go mm-hmm. out there and make ten tackles. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, we, weren't, we weren't that bad, Coach. Chicago but, Bear wide receiver, by the way, Sam Hurd, followed the words of uh, the famous Woody Hayes, his most famous quote of all, and that was three yards in a cloud of dust. <laughs> followed that philosophy oh. almost to a T. All well, right. You know, uh, he got caught because he's using the old English system, Coach. If he was actually doing that in a meter, yep. he probably would not have been caught. See, that's a problem. Yes. That's why you got to pay attention. Let, let that be a lesson to all the young kids that are out of school, by the way, Big Dog. We have, our, you know, again, adjust your programming accordingly. A lot of young kids out there could be influenced by your comments over the next couple of weeks. Um, but, uh, again, a little lesson for the young kids out there. Make sure you uh, listen to your lessons in school. A mistake like that might have cost Mr. Samuel Hurd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Definitely learn the metric system, folks. If I can teach that to anyone. It would be that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when, a, when they mandated that we had to learn the metric system, I was not happy about that. The metric system took me about five seconds to learn. I still am trying to figure out yards and inches, Coach. I had the yards, feet, and inches. It took me about three years to figure that out. And as soon as I figured out, then they were going to switch to the metric system. I was quite upset. Well, the metric system is pretty easy, Coach. I had, uh, I had MSLD. Metric system learning disability. What can I tell you? I know you're just making that up, right? <laughs> I certainly hope so. 888-463-6748. we got any Division I athletes out there. Coaches want to weigh in on how strict the drinking regulation is followed at the collegiate level. And I will correct myself, rightfully so, not Division I. As Big Dog, you said, any college athlete. Yeah. Any college athlete. You want to weigh in on that? We'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. Feel free to use a alias name. Names uh, can and will be used or changed to protect the innocent on this particular show. That's what we do, Big Dell. We protect the innocent. We Thank do? very much. Uh, TCU won 31-24 in the Poinsettia Bowl, and I think both you and me agree, Big Dog, it's a disappointing game tonight. It's the Las Vegas Bowl. Boise State had another great season. People yeah. took them for granted a little bit. They only lost one game. Uh, excellent, excellent. T- TCU, okay? They lost by one point to TCU. That was the only loss all season. Everybody else yeah. they beat by like 40. Yeah, and nobody talked about it. I mean, you know, the previous two years, they were kind of the, uh, you know, the new candy in the in the uh, the Halloween bag, if you will. Everybody was talking about it. This year, we took them for granted. 11-1, and one, one loss by one point, and I believe Kellen Moore, their quarterback, correct me if I'm wrong, dog, the winningest quarterback in the history of college football that's pretty good yes and he goes for win number 50 tonight which would win 50 guys think about that that's in four years that's 12.5 wins a season they only play 12 games he's winning more games whether if he wins or loses tonight he's still averaging more than 12 wins a season they only play 12 so that means he's winning with being perfect and winning bowl games and the simple fact that he's not playing, or excuse me, he, but it is kind of cool if he's going to win 50 games. It would have been much cooler if he was going up against, uh, you know, like an SEC team or a Big 12 or a Big 10 team well, that was actually good instead of a Pac-12 team yeah. that is horrible. 
That that's what we're so much upset about. Not the fact that they're playing in the Las Vegas Bowl. I can live with that, but it's the fact that they're matched up against a team that uh had a down season, really shouldn't be in the bowl game. They fired their coach, and the coach that they fired, who's about seventy eight years old, Dennis Erickson, is gonna coach the team in this particular game, so it's kind of an over the hill, on it's not so much the fact that they're playing early in the Vegas Bowl. Give them a legitimate match, like you said, Big Doug, mm-hmm. a top team, and see what Boise State can do against that kind of competition. I know we have a huge Arizona State contingent that listens to the program. Oh, coach. tremendous! And even they would say, you know what? And being a disappointing season, they had a lot more expectations. Arizona State had a lot more expectations than being six and six this year. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just a little because you know what will happen now. Somebody will, will go back and say, oh, Kellen Moore won 50. Oh, yeah, they played nobody. But if he could have had, like, a huge bowl game in his last game, yep. maybe Woody Stick could get some reputation. And this goes, this harkens all the way back to when TCU beat them 36-35 or whatever the final was, and they also missed a field, a 27-yard field goal in that game. As soon as they lost, Lee Corso, who I respect, but when he talks this way about the small schools, they just want to slap him, where he's like, oh, we can finally quit talking about Boise State now. And he said it like that, Coach. Like, can we finally put them the rest? We don't mm-hmm. talk about him anymore. They lost by one point to TCU. That it, it totally irritates me when people just throw aside these schools. And when you start naming the greatest football players ever, if you just start naming them, Coach, I can start naming the schools you're from. It's not always Michigan, Ohio State, Oklahoma, USC, Alabama that these schools that these guys play at. It's the Jackson State, the Mississippi Valley States of the world, that these Grambling States. The smaller school that these guys went to, it, they, I don't know. I just, it bothers me when people just say, oh, what did they play nobody? It's yeah, ridiculous. I'm completely with you on that. Walter Payton and Jerry Rice coming to mind in a couple of schools sure. you just mentioned, two players uh, some of our fans might be familiar with. You're absolutely correct on that. And if uh, Lee Corso was sitting across from me right now, I'd smack him on side the head for you, Big Doe. Even though I love him, as a commentator, that particular attitude, there's no one, no, yeah. no place for just because he played the football at Florida State back in 1925, okay? Back then, Florida State was nobody. And the Fordhams of the world were the actual big-time programs, believe it or not. So that cracks me up. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got that on the docket for college football today. Also tonight, big, there's a full slate of college basketball, some pretty decent games today. But it snuck up on us, and uh, again, I think you're going to agree with me here that uh, one of our favorite regular season matchups um of the entire season. They call it the border war. It is tonight. It's Illinois taking on Missouri. I believe the game is going to be played in St. Louis. Or what do they call it? The Scott Trade Center? I, I forget what, or the Edward Jones Dome. I forget yeah. what it's called. But now. This, this is, if you're a college hoops fan, regular season style before the conference play start, this is as good as it gets. It should be a great matchup tonight. Missouri undefeated against an Illinois team trying to prove its worth. Should be good stuff. Uh, it's going to be a phenomenal game. And one thing we know about the Bragg and Rice game, Coach, is this. Illinois has got a pretty decent lead in it, but without question, it ends up happening like this. Whoever has a massive lead in this game early will lose. It's, it's a simple not most likely will lose. But every year, one team gets up to a big lead, and who's ever in the lead will end up be tra- trailing with about two minutes to go in the game. It's one of the best games of the year. And who's ever calling this game will say that, well, there's a lot of intensity here. Yeah, I'm sorry that you had to leave the East Coast and go to the Midwest and you realize there's more basketball being played outside of the state, you know, west of Virginia. Yeah. Okay, but it's going to happen. Someone's going to be like, wow, I can't believe the intensity. This is a great rivalry. Who's ever calling the game coach? Mark it in the time with, the, with whoever says that. 
right in the middle of how shocked they are by the intensity of the game. Just, just throw it out there. Big Dog firing up with a little East Coast bias, courtesy of ESP of the end. I love the, uh, I love the crowd at this game because typically it is split. I mean, right down the half court line on both yeah, sides. Orange uh, on one side, and then you got what are black, what are Missouri, the black and gold of Missouri. Mm-hmm. And, and there's that, like that definitive separation is pretty cool. And I, I would love to be in the seat where the Missouri fan is right next to the Illinois fan. That's got to be kind of cool. So when I go to Illinois basketball games, I just make sure to wear like Illinois stuff. But mm-hmm. if I ever get to go to this bragging rights game, which I have never been to one yet, I'll make sure I wear orange from like underwear, socks, shoes, hat. Face paint. I'm not. I will not make. No one will have any doubt. There'll be no doubt who I'm on. What side I'm on at that game? Yeah, the Orange Crush. One of the better cheering sections too. But Missouri revitalized. Big dog. Brand new coach Frank Haith. Believe he came from the University of Miami, and they're undefeated right now. So one play a very fast style of basketball. So it should be pretty fun to watch. But Missouri, one of the surprise teams of uh, thus far, anyways, 2011 uh, college basketball. Yeah, they, they. You know what? You brought up a great point, coach. The guy that they brought in, yep. the coach that replaced uh, uh, Mike Nolan, is that what? Is that, no, the coach time? who replaced uh, he's at Arkansas now. What was the guy's name? Yeah, yeah. the guy that was Nolan Richardson's uh, sidekick. I can't yes. think of. I can't. Well, forty minutes of hell sidekick, Mike Richardson or Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson. Yeah. Okay, that's it. He was from UAB. Now he's at Arkansas. They replaced him with. They have all these guys that wanted to run. It was a really good decision by the AD to bring in a guy that can actually had a running system because they already had 10 guys that were running up and down the court. So I, I thought it was a good move by them. Yeah. It's similar to University of Nevada, Las Vegas, who uh, people have seen this year. And wherever they're ranked, I think most people would agree they're not ranked high enough. But they had Lon Kruger as their coach the previous four or five years. Uh-huh. Now, Lon Kruger's a great coach, good character guy, but Lon Kruger's old school. Mm-hmm. Slow it down, you know, only run the break on occasion. Slow it down. Let's run our sets, tough defense and everything. The new coach comes in, the first meeting he had with the players. He said, hey, we're going to get out and go. Not so many set plays. You know, don't worry. We're not going to take you out if you miss a shot or two. Let's get out and go. Totally different philosophy. The players are playing more at ease. Again, I'm not criticizing Lon Kruger. He's a great coach, but that change in system has revitalized the team, and you can see the U.N. UNLV players are playing with uh, renewed enthusiasm, shall we say. You, you know what that, that sounds like, Coach? And, and you're exactly right. When I saw UNLV play, I was shocked by the athleticism. When they, they passed Illinois. Okay. Even Illinois even the white guys upset. are athletic. Yeah, Illinois didn't get upset. I'm tired of Illinois. They didn't get upset by UNLV. UNLV beat them down. That's I, right. I, was, I, I could not believe when I was watching. Mm-hmm. I was like, Illinois is not as good as I thought they were. After watching that game. But it reminds me of the story, the 1972 uh, Summer Olympics and the Russians beat the, U- the U.S. for the gold. And we all know it was robbed because they kept replaying the final three seconds. Okay, but one thing that is lost in that is the fact that Henry Ivo was the coach of that team, mm-hmm. and he refused to let them be athletic, and he forced them to play disciplined and close to the prowler-type basketball. Yeah, I hate and to that's tell why you, they I don't know how, how many guys back then in the Henry Ivo years were athletic? They were, Coach. Are you kidding me? But back then, like, he was so refused to just let his players be basketball players. That, that cost them more than laying it in. So that's the way. If you have good players, let them play. Don't overcoach is, uh, is was what I was trying to say. Yep. No question about it. No question about it. <laughs> I don't know why, but it reminded me of, uh, and I, I can't remember who we were talking about, a tall African-American center who was not very good. It might have been Bill Cartwright. Well, you know what? I know Maybe exactly a cha- what we're talking about. 
The big, the, he's a big white stiff. Yeah. <laughs> the, this guy and, plays like a big white stiff, and he's black. I'm going to tell you something. He, he's a really <laughs> good big white stiff. It's Roy Ooh. Hibbert. Roy Hibbert of Georgetown. That's who we were making fun of. Is that right? Yeah, and, and, and we were right. He's a big white stiff, but you know what? He's a little bit better than we thought he was because yes. I would take him as a backup center in the NBA. Yes. He's a good backup center. Coach. He has had a significantly better career than I would have first thought of. So he's the guy we made that famous comment? Yeah, that was it. I thought, I, we, I, we said that to Kevin Jones, and I don't think Kevin Jones, <laughs> who, who now runs NaturalTalent.com, which, yeah. uh, we, we, we went back to WSBC yesterday and talked to all the boys, Kevin yep. Swamp Rat, rank, Kevin Horan rankings and all those guys. And we, uh, yeah, so that, it's all coming back to us. So, yeah, yeah, Roy Hibbert. And when we said that, Kevin Jones, who was the basketball coach at Chicago State at the time, uh-huh. he didn't finish the interview. <laughs> he was laughing so hard. He had to leave. Your memory's a lot better than mine. Excellent recall there. Uh, by the way, <laughs> naturaltalent.com is his website, and we have to put out the reminder, Big Doug. Make sure you put .com, because we plugged in a couple times, the naturaltalent.net. And let's just say it was not exactly a basketball recruiting service. Yeah, uh, and honestly, we do that as a joke when we bring up websites. Hey, don't put the dot that, and we do the knee slapper. We mean it on this one. <laughs> wow, uh, I, I forgot there was one that we had. We had we had another one like that where it was a guy that came on. Yeah, it was it? It wasn't the accurate score guys, but whatever it was, it ended up. Oh, somebody Lee dot com. Do you remember? And we did the Lee dot net. And it ended up yeah. being like a Korean porn site, <laughs> and people were not happy. People were irate over that. I forgot, I forgot the guy that we used to come on every single week, and it was something Lee.com. And, oh, but it was supposed to be Lee.net. That was I, fun. I, I, just, I, <laughs> I just referred all those emails to you. I just passed them on to you, as I did, by the way, the other yesterday. So a lot of uh, angry emailers firing on the big dog on your thoughts on uh, Kim Jong-il. I can't remember anything controversial that you said. But a lot of North Korean listeners out there are not happy with you, Big Dog. No, it was those are probably that was probably an ex, crazy ex, one that came a North Korean who came to this country to get a free education to become a doctor. Okay, and when she got here, as soon as she became went to Loyola, uh, the, the U.S. taxpayers probably paid how, the, how much does it cost to go through eight years of medical school, Coach, in the United States? And as soon as she got done, she was supposed to stay here for 10 years and do residencies and give back. And the first thing she did was go back to Korea. Mm-hmm. Ha-ha. $250,000 U.S. taxpayers' money gone. Ouch. Up in smoke. That's not just, good. Uh, so just a reminder of those people whenever we just start giving money to people for That's no reason. That's not good. By the way, uh, truth to the rumors, if you want to send uh, Big Dog any angry emails, we'll be happy to pass them on. God forbid you want to send a positive response. We'll do that, too. You can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C. And the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. David Olson, what is your legitimacy on the rumors, the speculation that much of the tears and the crying and the sobbing and the breaking down of the masses in North Korea were contrived? People thought they had to do it because if they were seen not doing it, they could get in trouble. I've heard some speculation there. What's what's the legitimacy factor there? I, I think that is a pretty legitimate claim. That the I, people, I really it, 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 the, the man was a despot. I mean, he really was. And but how I, disgusting is that? That they have to. Well, it's just it, it, it's typical of his regime. It's typical. Oh. Mm-hmm. That you have you, to. You know, it, that is forced. But like, remember when the uh, the Ayatollah Khomeini died? Those people really meant it. You know, it, it's funny. It's like how the difference in control is over those people in Iran were so brainwashed. 
in terms of like facts that they really were going to miss the guy. But these people in North Korea, they're they, they're just it's fearful. They're like, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to be the one acting like I was. I'm happy he died. That's 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 unbelievable. I mean, it's really if true, and I still. I have a little more speculation than the uh, the two of you guys, but if true, that that's really sad. Well, I mean, do you think it is lack of knowledge? Like it was. The, remember when when the, when Ayatollah Khomeini died in in Iran, they pulled his body out of the casket and started passing it through the streets. Did you remember that? It was the most, one of the most eerie, crazy things I've ever seen in my entire life. And then I was like, oh, those people really aren't fearful; they're just completely brainwashed. Well, that was true remorse. That's what I was thinking about the North Korean people, that, A, they were only showing us pictures of, you know, the crowds that were... Brainwashed. Well, yeah, that were truly, you know, in tears. Not everybody was, uh, you know, that broken up about it. And, B, the people that were, you know, having the histronics and the tears, I mean, some really people that, if if they were acting, they were doing a hell of a job. Let's just put it that way. You know, that's what I thought. I didn't think it was contrived. That's what I want you to if you don't mind, Coach, I didn't mean to interrupt. But okay. I want you to do on those same pictures. Instead of looking at those people and trying to figure out which are contrived and which are truly mourning, I want you to look through those pictures and see if you can find any domesticated animals in North Korea. Because you won't, because they've all been eaten. Because those people are so poor that they can barely afford food. And I'm not, that might sound disgusting what I just said, but I want you to think about that. That's how bad that country is. You will find no domesticated animals. None. Because they're done. Your your aunt just killed it and ate it. That that hits pretty hard. David Olson, I guess we can anticipate another slew of angry emails headed towards the big dog. That one's kind of funny, though, if you think about the whole what I just Uh, said. Yeah, it is kind of funny. It's kind of sad, and it's kind of disgusting, too. But a little bit of everything. Uh Sorry, Coach. I thought I'd bring it up. There's nothing nothing to be sorry about. You know, it's... uh, it is what it is, but that's uh, interesting. Kim Jong-il. Well, hopefully Kim Jong-un will change things a little bit, and there'll be farm the animals way, once again. By the way, Coach, I have a Korean friend named Byung who has a great recipe uh, for roadkill. No matter what animal it is, he can <laughs> like, and, and depending on what tire ran it over, yeah. he will give you a perfect recipe for that roadkill. Well, Byung's hard. a good guy, though. There's a, just, just don't ever go to his house for dinner. <laughs> can hardly wait for that. Is it fried or sautéed? Oh, yeah, everything. You have souffles, you name it, Coach. I mean, he's got, like, uh, squirrels that get hit by monster trucks. He can make phenomenal flapjacks. Like, the bones get so crunchy. Oh, it's perfect, Coach. <laughs> oh, Big Dog, you are a sick, sick individual, and I appreciate your input more and more each and every day I work with you. Uh, 888-463-6748. If you're still listening after that uh, last five minutes, thank you very much for doing so. you got to be... Brave to continue on with us, Big Dog and the coach. You never know what sidetrack we might get to. If I could, Big Dog, let me head back a little bit to the world of basketball, move to the professional level, not the games, but a pretty cool press conference, I thought, a throwback press conference with NBA superstar Chicago's very own Derrick Rose. He signs the contract for five years, $92 million. Hopefully he's not acting as well as some of those North Korean uh, people were. But, boy, he just seems... About as genuine and laid back, and he, he, he is takes the care ant- of his mother and his sisters, coach. He takes care of them. Yes. He lives at home. And I don't think it's an act. He is the very oh. antithesis of, uh, appears to be, anyways, of what so much we hate about current professional stars right now. Uh, we, we have been so blessed in the city of Chicago to have had people like Louis Aparicio and Ernie Banks. 
and Michael Jordan and Walter Payton to cheer for. The, the fact that this kid, he is everything you want in a superstar. And I want to tell you this, Coach, and this, I've said it before, he, he is not the sharpest kid in terms of book smart, but he is exactly what you want your son to grow up because that kid is going to totally maximize his potential in every single way in his life. So he might not be the smartest kid in terms of book smart, and maybe you, know, you look back and he had help in school and all that, but all I know is this, he takes care of his mother, he takes care of his sisters. He still lives at home. And all he did offseason was try to make Derrick Rose a better basketball player. That's all he did. He, there's no doubt he's a better player right now than he was May 1st, isn't he, Coach? There's no question he's a better basketball player. It's, we, yeah, we are so and, blessed to have this kid. Yeah, and I don't want to put the kid on a pedestal and say, you know, he's this great individual you're comparing him with. I mean, he is what he is. He's basically a pretty simple guy that right yeah. now doesn't have any great political or social agendas he's innocent would be a word i would use it'll be interesting to see how he will develop in the spotlight but his pure innocence and again i'm not saying he's the greatest moral individual of all he's just i'm not he's, nor, nor am i saying that yeah either, he's just a guy who loves to play basketball and is, is is not caught up in the whole you know professional limelight and again some of the stuff that goes on in a professional sports right very cool and his comment uh, was so genuine and Almost brought it, did bring a tear to my... I haven't seen it. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, when he says, Mom, we finally made it. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I cannot wait to see this. Seriously. Yeah. He really loves his mom. So... By the way, the two of them, do they look alike or what? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, he is they the he is like the mama's boy. Do we uh, have any definitiveness or the Derrick Rose dad is... Do we even know Let's who it worry is? Don't about or? that, Coach. He didn't, he didn't exactly have a father in the house. Okay. He was the man in the house. His yeah. old, when he was well, six years old, he was the man in the house. Well, his brother Reggie. Oh, that's right? true. That is true, yes. Yeah, they, he, he, the, he, the brother Reggie made sure he did his homework and did all that yeah. other stuff. So yeah. Made sure someone took an ACT test for him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, but yeah. Reg, Reggie... You're exactly right. You're exactly right. That's, that's the thing I'm talking about. He was not exactly – he was guided the wrong way. The kid was a phenomenal basketball player, and his whole life people did stuff for him. But all I know is this, is when it came to do the right thing and taking care of his family, what did yep. Derrick Rose do so his entire life? Yep. Maybe other people manipulated him because of how great of a basketball town he was. But he didn't end up being the kid who leaves his house, sends money to his mom. He lives in the same house as his family does. Mm-hmm. That is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. How many yeah. people just run as soon as they get money? Oh, and, they and, might take care of them financially, but they don't want anything to do with their family anymore. He stays in the house with them. A large part of that in his earlier years, you do have to credit his uh, brother. Because starting in seventh and eighth grade, you know, when the guy was, you know, off the charts and people were starting to notice him, the uh, the brother kind of took control of things. And he now, you know, hopefully more positive than negative, but he dictated which AAU teams. He kept a lot of the uh, – outsiders away from Derrick Rose. So the brother really took control of the situation, I think, from all I've heard, you know, with nothing but the best of motives. You know, sometimes we talk about the Cubs, and there have been times, because I want them to win so bad, and there have been teams that you were like, I don't like this team, I don't even want them to win. You didn't say that, but you you insinuated it, Coach. And I I will say, I don't care who they have on the team, I just want them to win a a world championship. And And I mean that. I seriously mean that. But when... We, I think Derrick Rose, I think of what you mean by that statement. Mm-hmm. Whether the Bulls win or lose is Derrick Rose's hero. It's going to be extremely easy to root for. And I will not determine whether I like Derrick Rose 
whether or not they win or lose. Yep. I, I know he's giving 100% yep. maximum effort year-round to be the best basketball player he can be. Yeah. Check out the uh, press conference. Mom, we finally made it. Heck yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Of course, the NBA season kicks off on Saturday, but big dog tomorrow uh, we're winding down on not that many football Fridays left. You were on a streak and beat the Schmoes of five consecutive Winning weeks, highly impressive. Don't give away what your picks are going to be for tomorrow. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm freaking out right now. I can do. I guess there will be Friday night bowl games, won't there be? Because I think I'm going to have to pick like three NFL games this week. I'll be I'll be deluged with losses if that is the truth. Well, let's see. College bowl games, just to give people a little preview into um, the weekend that is coming. Actually, there's only one game over the weekend. Surprising. Uh, no, I got to pick two. Pro games, one and two's coming this week. Folks. So they're they're oh, kind of oh. laying off on uh, the bowl huh. games uh, in deference to the NFL, and then starting on Monday it kicks in. There's one bowl game Saturday, the Hawaii Bowl, Southern Miss against Nevada, and Big Dog. I think the two of us should go down there and uh, cover that game for the two guys in a mic show. Uh, uh, Southern Miss has a quarterback that is better than Brett Favre was when when he was at Southern Miss. He's a freshman. His good name is uh, John Austin. His last name is Austin or Sean Austin. Mm-hmm. Coach, I've watched him play two games. The first time I watched him play, I was I had no idea who he was, and I was dumbfounded. The second time, I was like expecting him when I watched him, and he blew me away the second time. So the Southern Miss has a the kid that plays quarterback there is only a freshman. He's ridiculous. He's the next Brett Favre. I'll have to check him out. Seven o'clock Saturday night, they're taking on Nevada, so we'll have to watch him out. Southern and only a freshman, you said. Yes. Okay. All right. So, that'll, that'll be worth, worth a peek. NFL. I've I, I, I started. I have this whole thing. Let me find out his name, Coach, because I've been writing down in alphabetical order all the great football players I've seen this year mm-hmm. during the bowl game. Okay. Maybe a uh, surprise Heisman candidate for next year, this kid. Uh, I don't know. Do you think Southern Miss out of Conference USA could ever get a Heisman? Uh... Yes. Yeah. Robert Griffin won this year out of Baylor. Well, I know. Baylor's a, a Big 12 school playing Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Southern Miss's biggest win this year was over Houston in the conference championship game they played in, and that kid played phenomenal. Oh, I do remember that watching that game. Yeah, the quarterback from Southern Miss, he was, yeah, he was better okay. than Keenan was that day. Remember that kid? He was okay, phenomenal. No, yeah, I'm sorry. I saw about a, maybe just a little bit under a half of that game. I forgot that was Southern Miss, yeah. Yeah, he is pretty good. Cool. Of course, I was trying to watch Case Keenan, the Houston quarterback. Well, but, he wasn't on the field too much because the kid from Southern Miss is going yes. up and down the field all yes. day long. Interesting. All right. We will check that out. Meanwhile, big weekend coming up in the NFL. And, again, we'll preview uh, Bears and Packers tomorrow on a football Friday. Josh McCown going to be quarterbacking for the Bears. But Big Dog, uh, and, again, I'm hoping that you will have all the computations and implications and uh, the different mathematical formulas for making the playoff. Much too confusing for my 55-year-old brain to gather onto, but – there's some big games coming up over the weekend. The Giants at the Jets. That's a great rivalry. A little bit of trash talking going on between the coaches. Oh, and both teams are battling for playoff spots, are they not? Oh, yeah. There's great games up and down the rest of it. That one in particular is phenomenal. And just flat out, just so we can have chaos in Week 17, please let the Jets win. Wouldn't that be awesome? So the Giants lose and let the let the Eagles Beat the Cowboys this week and let chaos reign in Week 17. That was, <laughs> January 1st could be one of the great days in NFL history. It could be like how baseball was at the end of this season. Nothing's ever going to top baseball at the end of this 
this season, the last day of baseball was the greatest mm-hmm. day ever in sports, as, well, for, as far as I was concerned. From noon to 2 in the morning, I was on the edge of my seat. But football can have something great like that because the AFC West and the AFC uh, North could be coming down to the last day. AFC East and the wild cards coming down to the last day. Well, the AFC East is clinched, but... And then the NFC coach, oh my goodness, totally up for grabs, completely. Besides the Packers, everything else in the NFC from the buys to the home games to the divisions to the wild cards, the next two weeks could, or everything could be wrapped up in week 16 and week 17 doesn't matter in a season, well, honestly. Either or could happen. <laughs> so I'm really hoping for the chaos. Yeah, but, but New Orleans and San Francisco, they're in. So the, the chaos that you're talking about is really for the, the wild card spots in the NFC, correct? Yes, but 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 NFC don't. But we still have to figure out who gets to buy. So New Orleans and San Francisco are still playing big time because that's massive. Think about San Francisco at home two games or a home one game and go to Green Bay, mm-hmm. or the difference of going to three road games. There's, I mean, that's massive. Or that's San, New Orleans or San Francisco are the two teams that have the best shot at beating Green Bay. And trust me, those teams, those guys who want to do that, are much rather have one home game before they play Green Bay instead of a home game, a road game, before they play Green Bay. That's a big difference, Coach. Shoot. So that's, there's, those teams want to win. And then, obviously, oh, my goodness, the NFC East and the wild cards. Does any, it's like, who doesn't want to win them at this point? That's, the <laughs> NFC East is so bad right now. The 5-9 and nine Washington Redskins are trying to figure out a way, if they win their next two, how they can win the division at 7-9. and nine. Yeah, it's... I don't so think it's Smith. Else is eight and eight. But yeah, those games are so bad, do they count? <laughs> Dallas is eight and six. The Giants seven and seven. Philadelphia left for dead a couple of weeks ago. Six and eight. People think they can find a way in, but the game you're alluding to is at three fifteen on Sunday. Philadelphia Eagles at Dallas. That could be a little must see TV. Almost a playoff atmosphere in Dallas. You know, that's it's definitely a playoff atmosphere because if Dallas wins, they're in. Okay, that's it's done. They're in. They're in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure. I think maybe the Giants can still get them after that, but I'm pretty sure that that pretty much will lock up uh, everything. So now let me ask you this here: uh, AFC West, Denver eight and six, first place. Oakland and San Diego seven and seven. Kansas City Chiefs. Our good friend Mark Carmen working some sports radio down there. Do uh-huh. we need to call him up? Are the Chiefs mathematically alive, or is there no they chance for Casey? Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. The AFC West is just like the NFC East. Exactly like it. The Chiefs, it's even worse because the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Raiders, and uh, the Chargers have a shot. And, and legitimately, you can make a case for all of them because Kansas City has the easiest road to go, but they need the most things. That they have the least control of their of their uh, of what happens. Mm-hmm. But Kansas City is control. They play Oakland and Denver, so they're in control in a sense. They just need Denver to lose at Buffalo this week, big time. And uh, to me, that's one of the it's one of the biggest trap games and one of the most interesting games for me to watch the Broncos because when they were everybody's darling and everybody expected them to lose, it's a lot easier to win. All of a sudden, they're going to Buffalo. No one, no one's talking. No one's talked about Denver all week. We'll see if they can play when no one, when they're not like when they're supposed to win and they're not everybody's darling. So the AFC West totally up for grabs, coach. Mm-hmm. Another good game that I think and it involves an AFC West team that I think a uh, very interesting playoff implications: San Diego at Detroit. The Lions are nine and five, sitting pretty good, but they're not sitting that pretty. They still got to win. 
And San Diego still believes they can find a way to back in. And if they get in, they got the talent where they could get on a roll in the playoffs. But I think this would be a pretty good matchup, dog. San Diego at Detroit. That should be, a, again, playoff-type intensity, I would think. Yeah, it, it, it was strange you're watching. When we're watching Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and the way Detroit, San Diego is going to be this week, these are non-conference games. So like the, the meaning of the game is you know tempered a little bit because of tiebreakers when you're trying to get it. Obviously, your record is what the most important thing. But you see that intensity between two different like non-conference opponents thinking each other out. And I agree with you. It will be a highly Detroit plays intense level games. Like they really do for some reason. There's a high intensity in Detroit games, but I think for the simple fact is their players are so cheap and nasty that it keeps the level of intensity up the whole entire game. Want to remind our fans out there, if you're really sick and twisted and living an incredibly boring life at this particular point, you can catch Thursday night. NFL football tonight as the Houston Texans will rest most of their regulars as they take on the Indianapolis Colts, who've won one in a row. Big dog, if Indianapolis wins out, they still cannot make the playoffs. Is that correct? I'm pretty sure, Coach. They, they did have an, <laughs> an 0 and 13 start. Ah. I'm pretty sure at this point, even okay. in the AFC South, they've been mathematically eliminated. As a matter of fact, that happened in October. I hate so, when that happens, losing your first 13 games. That, I know, really. Seriously, they, they were the best 0 13 team I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, now we can get angry emails from uh, North Korean Kim Jong-il fans and from Indianapolis Colt fans. I'm not sure no, which no, no. will be worse. Indianapolis Colt fans cannot get angry at me because I was extremely happy on Monday when they won because they do not deserve to go 0-16. The organization didn't deserve it at all. I mean, like there's some organizations that, yeah, they deserved it. They didn't deserve it. So I'm glad they won at least one game, Coach. What percent you don't want to that. Thursday night football, Houston at Indianapolis. Houston is in. So the game means very little. Peyton Manning not playing. If it wasn't for fantasy football, big dog, and if it wasn't for Las Vegas or you know people betting, what would the TV audience of that particular game be? Uh, wow. Well, tomorrow is Illinois, Missouri, right, Coach? No, no, no. Well, it is, tonight. Oh, that's tonight. Oh, okay. I thought it was. Thank. You. I'm so glad you told me. That. Well, I'll be watching, which is sick and twisted. I hate to tell you this, Coach. Hopefully my Christmas shopping is done because I'll be watching that game. Why? I just love human beings running into each other at full speed. Okay. Seriously. You know what I mean? I, I don't think I'm going to be with Lily the Lilac, so I might as well just watch football every time I get a chance is the mm-hmm. best way for me to tell you. All right. Beautiful. So. Just make sure you don't uh, watch that over Illinois and Missouri. Make sure you oh, keep Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm so glad you reminded me because I was right about to tell somebody I can help them out mm-hmm. tonight, but they, I cannot. Hey, question now. I cannot now. be a friend on tonight. Question brought up from a couple of our emailers earlier in the week having to do with the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, you know, having one of the great single seasons we've ever seen a quarterback yes, have. Yes. The Packers, you know, are 13-1, 12-1, whatever the hell they are. But all of a sudden, you know, a late charge from Drew Brees is great as Aaron Rodgers is playing. Drew Brees is having a phenomenal year, too. Is there a question? On the MVP voting, is it automatic for Rodgers? Or is Drew Brees at this point with his late charge? Is he making a play for MVP as well, Big Dog? He's definitely getting into the the mix, and a lot more would have to happen for anybody to grab it from Aaron Rodgers at this point. And you would have to snatch it from him, okay, because I don't see Aaron Rodgers falling on his face. It's not like he cares about the MVP, but his level of play, he's not going to give up, if you know what I mean. So that's uh, the point. On the other hand, if if you took the last 20 years, of MVP players and matched him up with what Drew Brees is doing this year, 
I think of the last 20 years, Drew Brees' performance this year, and, and not just numbers, but his value to the team. And yeah, he is the very essence of what you talk about as the most valuable player. I, I can't break down the last 20 bid, but I'm going to guess he would probably beat out 15 of the last 20 MVPs. He's been that good. I, I'm going to completely agree with you because I can start naming someone like, a, like Kurt Warner got it just on stats in 2000. You know, no offense, but he had, he had Marshall Falk, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce. And, and, and don't forget, he had the, the greatest offense coordinator known to mankind in Mike Martz at the time. So, like, he, I, I would I would take, with any question, I would take Drew Brees this season over there. There's so many, a couple of Peyton Manning MVPs, the the, the Brett Favre, three consecutive MVPs, uh, 95, 96, 97. I would take Drew Brees this season over any of those Brett Favre seasons. But, I, the man, I find that man despicable. So, that's kind of, like, biased, in, in my uh, opinion, on that one, Coach. But I, I agree with you. He's going to end up throwing for 53 or 5,400 yards. He'll be right in that, in that number. Which, He's going to break the all-time record yeah. this week. He'll have a week left to add on to it is what's going to happen. If he throws for 306 yards, he'll break it this week. Or 311, exactly. So. And again, that's the all-time record for yards passed for in a season. Yes. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a legitimate that's not record. That's not a record to be taken lightly. That's pretty impressive. Yes, that's, that's 5,300 yards. I mean, that's, a, that's more than a third of the Bears' all-time record by Sid Luckman, which is 14,000 yeah. yards. Yeah, well, we made the sad comment yesterday, and I was being a little bit humorous about it, but it, probably fairly truthful is how many Bear quarterbacks in their career, in their career, have thrown for more yards than Drew Brees has thrown for this one season. I don't think I want to know the answer to that, but probably not many. You do not, and I just want to let you know that uh, our, our production staff, David Olson, was working extremely hard yesterday, Coach. Yep. And he gave me a, a, a statistic. And he ranked, during the Lovey Smith era, the three worst quarterbacks in terms of their passer rating as a Chicago Bear. Uh, can, you, can you name them for me? Sir, give me names of starting quarterbacks since 2004 so you can't throw Henry Burris in. <laughs> Why can't I throw Henry Burris in? He's my guy. Because he was, he was still under the Dick right. Duran era. Well, I mean, the two that immediately come to mind are Chad Hutchinson and Craig Krenzel. Oh, it is funny that you said Hutchinson. He did not make it. Wow. He actually is out of the top three. <laughs> Craig Krenzel, second worst. I don't remember the stats exactly that, that David gave me, but uh, the guy that was in third place was 57.6. Craig Krenzel was 51-something. Who cares at this point? For pass rating, that's horrible. <laughs> but to let you know, the lowest passer rating under Lovey Smith Uh-oh. is Caleb Haney at oh, 41. A 41 oh, passer rating, Coach. Aye. So if he's he's worse than Krenzel, he was worse than Jonathan Jonathan Quinn. Oh, at Jonathan Quinn. Yeah, I so about him. That's how bad Caleb Haney has been. And if you think about the team surrounded Caleb Haney compared to what those other two guys had, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's how bad he's been because this is a lot better team than Krenzel had around him or Quinn had around him. That's, Jonathan that's, that's, Quinn. I remember they called him the statuesque six foot five quarterback out of wherever. And we found out why they called him statuesque because he was like a statue in the pocket. I remember Brian uh, Brian Bauer, the co-host. He, he was no longer our co-host, but he was like our Chicago Bears outsider because yes. he would always go to the camps. He called us from the Bears' first practice of 2004. <laughs> and this is no joke, people. He called us and said, the Quinn experiment is over. This guy <laughs> cannot play. It was 10 minutes <laughs> into the first practice. Okay. <laughs> That, well, the do reason we that, do you remember that phone call, coach? I'm I like, do. I do not. That big of a jerk. I that do he, not. Oh my goodness, that was funny because like the first uh, preseason game I seen, I was like, I mean, Bauer was right. This guy can't play. <laughs> well, <laughs> if I remember correctly, we also had a statuesque 
uh, offensive coordinator, Terry Shea. And Terry Shea uh-huh. came from the Kansas City Chiefs. That's where Jonathan Quinn was a backup. So yeah. it was Terry Shea who brought Jonathan Quinn to the Bears. Is my memory correct in that particular aspect? You're exactly right. And Jonathan Quinn had played one game under Terry Shea as a starter when uh, Trent Green or whoever was the quarterback for the Chiefs got hurt that season. And he, had, he won the game. And he was the back, the consummate backup quarterback who got a bunch of money because they won one game because there wasn't a game plan against him, and somebody believed in the guy. And then they found out when somebody can game plan against the guy, he's horrible. Caleb Haney. <laughs> no, no offense. I don't want to keep bringing him up, but yeah. and that, that, I mean that's where we're at. And by the way, since we're talking quarterbacks, I I looked up I got uh, at my uh, the stuff that I had this list of all these players that I'm making, and I'm trying to find who the best players are over the bowl. And the kid from Southern Miss is named Austin Davis. Austin Davis, okay. I I swear to you, right now, we'd rather have him playing quarterback this week than Josh McCown, and the kid's 19 years old. Okay. So he's the next next great thing. Trust me, if he was a junior right now, uh, they'd be salivating over the kid. And my description of him, by the way, is about 15 exclamation port marks, and all I put is arm, feet, hips. That's all I put. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well, I've I've learned over the years uh, to fully respect the talent evaluation of the big dog, Joel Radwanski. So I'm going to keep an eye on this kid, and uh, you don't have to look any further than this Monday night. Southern Mississippi will be playing in the Hawaii Bowl. No, not the Hawaii Bowl. Saturday night. Huh? Oh, yeah, Saturday. I'm sorry, Saturday, the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, So we'll check that out, Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Thank you. Austin Davis, thank you very much. 888-463-6748, the phone number, Big Dog and a Coach. Again, a football Friday tomorrow. The show will be off on Monday, correct, David Olson? That is correct. We'll have a replay on Monday, so uh, that means you're going to replay our football picks on Friday, on Monday's show? Uh, no, probably I'll pick a show from this week to replay. Okay. So. All right, because that would put even more pressure on our beat the smell of football picks, Big Dog. People could... Tune in on Monday and hear I, I, us. I think we're going to rerun uh, Big Dog's Kim Jong-il tribute. Oh, yesterday, show. where he yeah. came in live in studio. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Big Dog, great to see you in studio yesterday. I think I can speak for our uh, many, many fans out there. Laugh track, uh, laugh track, please. It was great to have you in studio, even if it was a brief moment in time. It was. Uh, I'm, I Honestly, I mean this. I try to get in every single time I possibly can, and it's just it's just really, really difficult living in Aurora. Um I hopefully will be spending much more time in the city over the next coming months. I, I got this opportunity coming up, so that hopefully with this, I'll be able to do a lot more shows in studio, Coach. Beautiful. We'll hope to uh, add to the live webcast. And we got the picture of the big dog up there, but it's like a still photo. So we need, you know, we need the actual live, and maybe we can get like a big dog bobblehead or something. So at least instead of the still photo, we'd have the head moving a little bit. And every time you make a dramatic point, I can push the bobblehead down and make it move a little bit. Just a that, thought. That sounds, that's good, Coach. We can try that. And, much, and, and in terms of bobblehead, yeah. which I want to thank David Olson for yesterday letting me know the value of my little penny doll. And as I want to let you know, Coach, uh, 20 years later, this thing still works. Check this thing out. It, it says stuff. It's a speaking doll. And listen to this. <laughs> uh, this is bad radio. I know you can't hear anything. Oh, it's not working. I know my spot, oh. Did you get that, Coach? Was, I was, know my spot, fool. Was that the doll? <laughs> The Secret Service <laughs> couldn't guard me. And here's the last oh. one. Here's the last one. Can you do that, brother? Okay, there you go. The little penny, speaking now, which I was about to just to give away. I found out that it's worth a small fortune, a very minute fortune. 
but thank you, David Olson. I was, it's now in the house. It's now on the regular wall because I have a wall of shame and a wall of fame. It's on the wall of fame right now. <laughs> thank you very much. When I first heard that, I thought you were just making up the voice, but that that was the real little penny, and uh, the, the battery's still working. Did you freshen up the batteries a little bit? No, it's still in the box, Coach. It's supposed to, the batteries are supposed wow. to last forever, but this thing, I mean, it's got dust on it. It, it looks, but it's still in the box, still looks good, so... Uh, uh, it's it's now in the house. It's very difficult to get into the house. We have a lot of garbage. Takes a licking and keeps on ticking. There you go. Big Dome, we got to wrap it up. Outstanding job as per always. Uh, you get your holiday shopping done. If not, what stores uh, could our female fans possibly see you uh, lounging through some lingerie for a last-minute gift? Uh, without question, I do love the <laughs> lingerie, Coach. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I will definitely be getting some for my girlfriend this year, I hope. But uh, I, I went to Filing's Basement yesterday, Coach. Beware of that place. They're 70% off of everything in the store. It's, I cannot even tell you. Go downtown and go to Filing's Basement, Coach. I can honestly say in my uh, 55 years on this fine uh, planet Earth, I have never yet ventured into a Filing's Basement. What is it, a clothing well, store? It's the last day of it. They have, go, they have a going out of business sale, Coach. And What are you yes, talking about? This is like their eighth consecutive year they've had a going out of business sale. Well, they're selling the... The furniture in the place, okay? They're selling the furniture in Filings Basement. Like, is, is that the Filings so, Basement on Michigan Avenue? The the one that's on Wabash. Okay, all right. And I, I've, I've never seen anything like that yesterday. I got like a, a $100 tracksuit for 25 bucks. Like, oh, my goodness. I didn't realize that the the top that I bought had, well, the, you, I know they got to go, but Filings Basement, that's where I'm going to be. Do they, have, the do they have any seat cushions that have fortune written on them? Yes, they do, as a matter of fact. David Olson giving me the look, remember, sitting on a fortune. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we got to wrap it up, dog. We will talk to you tomorrow, Football Friday. You are going for your sixth consecutive Beat the Schmoes Week, and you might have to pick pro football. The pressure is on you. Uh, it's going to be horrible. <laughs> not happy about it. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Do not. Be late. Check in at about 9.58 just to make sure.